Hello, and welcome to The Hidden Archives. I'm your host for the evening, Nicole Clark. As you may have noticed, we are a week late in posting this. However, we have seen continued engagement and growing numbers of listeners all the same, so we just wanted to thank you for remaining loyal. Hopefully the last episode didn't scare you all into such loyalty. No matter the reason you are here, we are just happy that you are. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hidden Archives Podcast and on Twitter at Podcast Hidden. In his book titled Of Mice and Men, John Steinbeck wrote, Maybe everybody in the whole damn world is scared of each other. Whether or not this is true, and whether or not it should be, are two different things. One truth that we do know, however, is that we don't want you to be scared of us. We want you to be scared with us. Therefore, if you choose to enter the hidden archives, if you choose to study the tomes, if you choose to take this journey with me, you do so at your own risk. Profanity and disturbing content will follow. This is your warning. Greed and sibling rivalry are two concepts that seem to feed each other. However, when the aspect of greed becomes too overwhelming, it can blind the guilty party to the fact that their rivalry is not with their sibling, but with themselves. Just remember that the other person involved is your brother or sister, and together you are only two elements of a nuclear family. Journal of Dr. Theodore Strand, Day 210 Katie and I made it to Grandad's old cabin this morning. I must say, this place has held up remarkably well, all things considered. Not the least of which is that no one has been here in about 30 years. Not even to look at the place. It's just been sitting practically abandoned this whole time, exposed to the elements and everything else. Considering this fact, one of the first things Katie and I did when we got here was locate the generator. Luckily, the last time Grandad was here before he died, he pulled the generator into the kitchen and covered it with a tarp and some reflective emergency blankets. Guess the old man saw the writing on the walls. I mean, it was little help, but every little bit counts. And count it did. It took some time, but we were able to get it running. We brought just enough fuel for probably 80 hours of operation. Not a lot, I know. But it should serve to power our equipment and tools as necessary. We will make finding more fuel a priority later. Energy needs aside, the place is about what you might expect. Dusty, stale, and cold. But livable. Beggars can't really afford to be choosers under these circumstances, after all. That being said, I've decided to set up Grandad's old cot next to the wood-burning stove in the kitchen. Katie will be taking the couch, on the other side of the wall from the stove. We have decided to turn the bedroom into our laboratory. We still have a lot of research to do, so a central place to do this is absolutely necessary. 
Fact of the matter is that neither of us can even dream of fixing this mess without the other's help and knowledge. So we need a common shared space where the rest of our situation can't get in the way. Incidentally, that means dismantling the bed and bedroom fixtures. We will probably turn most of it into firewood. Some of the synthetic materials might be able to serve our research somehow. Comfort, unfortunately, isn't really a priority. Anyway, it's getting late. It's been a long journey to get here, and then we had to unload and get settled in. As any good scientist does, I will continue to document our situation. Or posterity. Or something. But I'm going to settle down for the night. Catherine Strand, Day 210 I can hear Ted on the other side of the wall making his own journal entry. The dunce has always mumbled to himself as he writes. He has ever since we were children. It's not particularly distracting. It's actually kind of endearing in a way, usually. But right now, it's a little bit creepy. I mean, out here in the silent woods, in this old cabin, and all I can hear is incoherent muttering coming from the walls. I'll just try to remember that it is only my brother, and we're both scientists. Of course, I am looking for a little bit of distraction. It'll be a few minutes before I have any silence that I can sleep by. Kind of annoying when you consider that we have to be up early, with all that we still have to do. Our first priority should be to get this place ready for winter. I imagine we'll be here for a few months, and the skies are already turning gray. Ted is more optimistic. He thinks we can develop the supplement in a few weeks. Says that we have already engineered it for ourselves, so it's only a few more steps before we can figure out how to mass-produce it. However, if he won't say it, then I will. The science can wait. It has to. A few weeks, or a few months, doesn't matter. It's getting cold, and this place needs to be made ready. Well, it sounds like he's turning in for the night. I probably should, too. Journal of Dr. Theodore Strand, Day 212 I'll start off by stating why I didn't update yesterday. Something happened. Something fantastic. I'm honestly still trying to wrap my head around it, but I'll try to explain. We found something that we think can really help our research. It started yesterday morning as Katie and I were getting ready for the day. She brought up the idea of getting the cabin ready for winter. She said something about how our research can wait until the logistics have all been taken care of. But I mean, what can we really do to the old place? It isn't like we have the supplies or time for some sort of home makeover. But Katie, ever the thinker, reasoned that we could tear up some of the floorboards to use as a secondary wall, at least in the lab. It would mean having a dirt floor in the majority of the cabin, but with thicker walls in the lab and some organic insulation between the main wall and the secondary wall, we can more precisely control the temperature in there. And have a guaranteed warm room if the weather gets too bad. This all made sense, of course, so I obliged and set to work tearing out the floor. 
It was pretty simple work, as the floor was mostly plywood and board planks. In the meantime, Katie ventured out to find moss and detritus in the woods that we could use for insulation. This left me alone while I got to work. I decided to start in the main living area, hoping I would be done by the time Katie got back so that I could keep out of her way in case she wanted to rest up or get work done on the research. That's not really important, though. What is important is what I found under the floor near the base of the stove. As I started removing the planks of wood in front of the brick base of the stove, I noticed that there were several loose boards. I mean, they were all loose. This place is little more than a hunting cabin. But it seemed like several of these planks were just haphazardly laid down. So I pulled them up only to discover that they were covering up a hole that had been dug into the earth where Grandad had hidden a huge burlap sack. I reached in to retrieve the sack and discovered that it was heavy. I know it sounds cliche, but this damn bag was too heavy for its size. So I hauled it out of the hole and opened it up to discover hundreds of gold coins. We always wondered what Grandad, a vegan, would need with a hunting cabin. He was always very secretive about it. But I guess he was some kind of prospector. Or thief. Not that any of that really matters at this point. What does matter is that Katie and I finally have the means to afford our way into a friendly country where we can conduct our research. I'll be honest, though. I did think about keeping it secret. I mean, our research is almost complete. It won't take this much money to fund it. I could have left just enough to cover some forged papers to leave the country and to get set up somewhere that the radiation hasn't destroyed, all the while keeping a sum for myself. But I don't know. It didn't feel right. Still doesn't. Is it guilt that I'm feeling for even considering such a thing? Or is it regret for not actually going through with it? Catherine Strand, Day 211 I'll get right to the point with this one. Ted found a shit ton of gold in Grandad's cabin today. The look on his face was the same look that he had when we were kids visiting Grandmom and Grandad, and he found the candy that Grandmom would hide away from us. I still remember that day with absolute clarity. I walked in on him stuffing his face with taffy, and he just looked over at me with his arm out, offering me my own piece. The look was one of guilt at having been caught, but solace in knowing that I wouldn't rat him out if he shared. The look on his face today was the exact same, I swear. Of course, he immediately told me about how he found the gold, and then launched into what we could do with it. It all makes sense. He has a point. We should leave the country. Ever since the war began and the bombs started falling, we've been looking for a way out. Unfortunately, nearly the whole country is a nuclear wasteland. But that's the thing. Our research is the solution. If we can refine and produce the supplement, then anyone can become immune to radiation, just like us. No one should have to leave, especially if we find a way to use the same technology to fix the land. But that won't fix the economy. 
it won't rebuild the cities, and it can't promote our research. We do have to leave. And with the right amount of money, paid to the right people, this is possible, finally. But there's one issue. When Ted showed me, I immediately tested the gold. It, too, has been irradiated. It will probably remain so for several months. Fortunately, Ted and I are still immune to the radiation, thanks to the supplement. But that just means that our situation hasn't really changed. We're stuck here until the gold is, well, clean. In the meantime, we have some research to complete and experiments to run. But try convincing Ted of this now. I know he is stuck on that damn gold. His mind isn't in it. But he should come around. Here's the thing that I don't get, though. Why didn't he hide it? This isn't the same as when we were kids. He had the time. He's got the wherewithal. I mean, he's a nuclear physicist, for God's sake. He's not some five-year-old child. Maybe I'm just jealous. I don't know. He's always been the lucky one. He found the gold. He found the taffy. He found Granddad's keys for the cabin when we had to evacuate. Well, he may be the lucky one, but I'm the smart one. I'm the biologist that developed the supplement with his research. I'm the one who thought to grab the equipment when we ran. I'm the one who knew to dose ourselves with the supplement the minute we heard the planes overhead. His luck may be why it worked, making us immune to this nuclear shitstorm. But his luck would mean nothing without my medal. Journal of Dr. Theodore Strand Day 213 Katie seems out of sorts today. Well, not just today. Something's been off ever since I showed her Granddad's gold. I offered to split it with her. We'll complete our research probably in the next few weeks. What's there to fund at that point? Plus, there's more than enough to leave the country, split the remainder, and set up wherever we want. She can use her share for her own business, and I'll use mine for my own. I offered this proposition to her, and she scoffed. I couldn't believe it. When I proposed this, she just snorted, cocked her head at me, then turned to the gold on the table and stared for a few seconds. Finally, she turned on her heel, walked into the lab, and slammed the door behind her. She didn't even say anything to me. I can hear her in there right now. She still isn't saying anything. I mean, of course, there's no one to talk to in there. But I can hear her shifting stuff and equipment around. I honestly don't know if she's doing any research at the moment, or if she's just throwing a temper tantrum. She has always been this way. Whenever I have an idea that she doesn't, she acts like I'm an idiot. I'm a nuclear physicist for fuck's sake. How can I be the idiot? Oh, because she studies cells and metabolism and has an expert grasp on organic chemistry? 
fat lot of good that did when the fucking world ended. It kind of saved the two of us. But I suppose it's my problem because nukes were used and I'm the nuke guy. Fucking petty. If she's going to be this way, I think I'll just take the gold when it isn't radioactive anymore and fucking bail. I'll put on a happy face, do the same experiments we always do, and muddle through until I can make my way. If she wants to stay complacent and do the same frivolous shit over and over, hoping to save a world that's already fucked, then so be it. I'm tired of being thoughtful and generous, only to be met with excuses that we are family and therefore tied together. Fuck that. Catherine Strand, Day 213 I can't believe my idiot brother. The nerve of that bastard. He proposed that we share the fucking gold. That's all he even thinks about. The fucking gold. God damn it, who even fucking cares anymore? We have research to do. We have lives to save. Had we been a little tiny bit more punctual to begin with, none of this would have happened. But no. It's all about, duh, how much can we sell our altruism for? Typical. You know what he just did? He offered to split the gold with me. Like we're pirates on the high fucking seas. Well, if we were pirates, I'd go all Anne Bonnie on his stupid ass. It's not like we can even do anything with the gold at the moment. It's still too radioactive. Sure, he and I are immune, but no one else is. And yeah, the radioactivity will fade, meaning that we could still probably use it. But even so, because it's radioactive, people will know where it came from. People aren't exactly friendly to sympathizers. If whoever we traded gold to tried to spend it quickly, the radioactivity would be a clear sign of where it came from. They would have to hold it, just like we have to, until it couldn't be traced. And that's the thing about Ted. He's so myopic that he can't see this. The gold is all he talks about, all he thinks about. He says that, oh, we can do this, and oh, we can do that. But when, Ted? In the future? We have shit we need to do, can do, now. I need to get his mind back on the research. I need to... God, this is hard to write. I need to get rid of that fucking gold. Of course, I will keep my journal on me at all times so he won't find out. But I'm going to take the gold when he's asleep tonight and hide it in the lab. I'll find a place to do that here in just a little bit. But I need to get this down. I need to de-stress so I can think clearly and find the best spot. And, I know, if the gold is irradiated, couldn't he just use the Geiger counter to find where it is? I don't think so. There's a local source of radiation that's messing with the readings. I don't know what it is yet but I do know that a Geiger counter would be about as useless in finding the gold as a blind cat would be in finding a mouse.
Journal of Theodore Strand, Day 214 The gold is gone. I know Catherine stole it, but she's playing all dumb and shit. She keeps saying that we need to get back to our research, and that it will turn up. How naive does she think I am? I knew she wanted it for herself. I should have known she would pull some shit like this. I'm absolutely seething right now. Doesn't she see how important this is? How can she not? Why doesn't she understand that her research is done? There's no point to it. We developed the supplement. It's done. It worked for us. It will work for anyone else. But that won't happen until we get out of this goddamn shithole. What does she expect us to do? Set up a pharmaceutical company in the middle of the radioactive Colorado Rockies? So typical of little Katie to only see her own microscopic goals. She isn't seeing the big fucking picture. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I can do. I tried looking for a journal. I know she keeps one. But she must have it on her person. This means that there must be some information in there. I bet she said exactly where she's hidden it. I need to get that journal. I need to find that gold. And I need to leave. Well, guess what, little Katie? Two can play at that game. Have you read my journal? Do you think you're in my mind? Well, you're not. I'll play the same game and keep my journal on me where you will never see it. You will never know my plans. And I don't even need to read your journal to know that you're playing the same game. May the best player win, bitch. Catherine Strand, Day 215 Ted and I aren't talking. He knows I hid the gold. I don't have a lot of time to write this. He keeps following me around. But if something happens, I need you to know about all of this. I need you to have my research. I'm going to grab my notes, hard drives, and I'm going to get Ted's research too. Then I'm taking the gold and leaving. But I have to wait until Ted is asleep. Journal of Theodore Strand, Day 215 Little Katie is avoiding me. Come on, little Katie. Let me read your little book. Can you read mine? Can you see this? I think little Katie needs to take her nap. She hasn't slept in two days. I know. I've been watching you, little Katie. I see you clutching that little book of yours at night. What's in there, little Katie? What don't you want little brother Teddy to see? Is it a secret? Do you have something that doesn't belong to you, little Katie? I'll help you take a little nap, and then we'll find out what you're hiding. Then we'll know. Journal of Theodore Strand, Day 216 What have I done? That was my sister. My sister? 
it wasn't even worth it. I got the gold, sure, but it wasn't worth it. All it cost me was seven swings with a claw hammer, but it wasn't worth it. It cost her more. It cost her everything. I have the gold now, so what? I can't use it. Katie said in her journal that there was a local source of radiation and that's why I couldn't use the Geiger counter to find the gold. I know because I read her journal. Then I tore the lab apart. I found the gold easily enough without her to get in my way. But if I hadn't read her journal, I would have never known that the Geiger counter wouldn't work. Why didn't she tell me this? After I found the gold, I calmed down and got to thinking. I got to realizing. If the whole goddamn place is irradiated, then everything would have its own radioactive signature. The only way the Geiger counter wouldn't work is if the source was in extremely close proximity to the device itself. If the source of radiation was using the Geiger counter. The gold isn't radioactive. We are. And unlike the gold, our radiation isn't diminishing. The supplement we developed makes us immune to radiation, sure, but it also makes us absorb it. So the gold is worthless to me until I can figure out how to fix this. But I can't figure out a solution without Katie. And I just killed her. God help me. I think the most frightening thing about that story is the idea of sharing a living space with your adult sibling. I'm just going to nope myself far away from that. I need my space. As always, we are grateful for your company while exploring the archives. The next episode should be posted in two weeks. Thanks again for your patience and understanding with the somewhat unpredictable nature of our release schedule. There are many more stories from the Hidden Archives that have yet to be shared. We hope that you join us next time for another Glimpse Within. This has been a production of the Rhodes Collaborative Experience, LLC. Please no reproduction, duplication, or bastardization of any content without written consent from RCX or its partners. Ex Animo, Ex Tempus, In Archivum. <laughs>